Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. That's deflected from the edge of the penalty area. The shot from the substitute, Dwayne Holmes, and that's four. Charlton are falling apart here. Over it, there's uh, no rush, and Racing Kuchana just has flown into a challenge. I'll tell you what, that it's was silly. Be, uh, He's lucky to not give away well, a free he, kick here. And oh, the referee has given it, and Racing Kuchana Jad is going to be sent off here. I thought he hadn't even given it at first, but there goes the yellow. Second yellow for Racing Kuchana Jad. Charlton have completely lost their heads here. And the Prince of Iran is uh, sent off. And it's low ball across, and it's turned in. There was a scramble at the near post. There is going to be a change of head coach here. He's certainly going out with a bang, isn't he? Charlton trailing by five goals to nil here at the John Smith Stadium. Yeah, there goes the final whistle here at the John Smith Stadium. And once again, the Alex have been humiliated. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live, the big match preview. Uh, which is fast becoming our monthly managerial change podcast. Uh, I hope you're well. I'm Louis Mendez. It's Thursday, the 14th of January. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley on my left is uh, Nathan Muller. How you doing, Nathan? Yeah, not bad, mate. Living the dream, you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm good, thanks. Good to good to have you here. And uh, joining us as well on the side of the table to me is uh, is Tom Wallin. How you doing, Tom? Yeah, good. Thank you, Louis. Excellent stuff. Right. Um, it's been a crazy few days. Uh, obviously, because we're at Charlton. Uh, Jose Riga today has been announced on an 18-month contract as our new head coach. Uh, he's uh, rejoining the Addicts. He left us uh, a couple of years ago after saving us from relegation. He's coming back to try and do it again. Obviously, Carol Fry, that means, is therefore no longer the interim coach. And Charlton, I'm sure, thank you for uh, filling that void on the interim basis. Hey, uh, what did you guys make of that uh, decision, Nath? Uh, it's just another episode of the uh, soap opera at Charlton at the moment, but um, I think it was coming, especially after, um, well, Saturday, obviously on the way back, was, I just think there was no way back for Carroll after he Saturday, I was he surprised could. he lasted until after the game on Tuesday, but um, uh, yeah, no, you, you know, he, like you said, he filled the void and, you know, he's probably a nice guy, but, you know, we, we needed someone a bit with a bit of experience, well, I didn't expect Jose, but... Um, 
That's who we've got. It's better than so, the other. Yeah, it's probably better than a bad budget, bunch, in my opinion. Yeah, better than the other option that was available, wasn't it? Um, yeah. uh, Tommy, happy with Jose? Uh, it could be worse, yeah. I think um, Fry was clearly out of his depth. Um, you know, I think we've seen that for a while, that he'd struggled to really turn the form around. Riga coming in, I think, yeah, under Roland, that's like we, like uh, Nath just said there, that's as good as it's going to get, really. question you've therefore got to ask is why we ever got rid of him in the first place, because he's one of one of Roland's lot that's kind of turned the fans around and he had a big battle on his hands obviously coming in straight after Powell had managed to do that but yeah obviously he's got a bit of experience with the club which is something we asked for but again when the when the uh, statement was made yesterday about Fry going and there was going to be a managerial search and yet again we've <laughs> seen an appointment come quickly again so that's the concern that that part of it hasn't changed and yeah. Whether it will change the mood of a lot of the fans who've been protesting, I'm not so sure. Yeah. But yeah, he's uh, he obviously he did do well for us before, so we've got to give him a chance and yeah. see what he can do. When it comes to managers, always in the last place you look, aren't they? Or, or in our case, the first. Yeah. Um, uh, you mentioned you mentioned he's one of he's one of Roland's boys, isn't he? He's one of, he's one of the he's one of the lads. Um, for starters, I I think that he's been he's been in a situation where he's been moved around by Roland a couple of times. He you'd almost go as far as saying messed around. He he wanted to stay. He wanted to stay after um, after his first spell here, and he wasn't allowed. He, I think, he think he got did he get sacked from a from a he, no from a standard oh, liaison. Um, yeah, yeah. So I mean the, these things. I mean, so you're almost surprised he's come back, and I think it's significant that he's come on a. Um, uh, on an 18-month contract, when perhaps you you you, know, you expected him to be filling in the role he did last time with, with like a six-month contract, do you think it might be quite similar to the the Roger Johnson situation, where perhaps he's turned around and said, "Look, you've messed me around now. If you want me to come back, re- at least give me the respect of a longer contract." Definitely, I think so, and I think um, similarly to that as well. That just as a club, we need a bit of stability now. Whether he's the right man or not, whether he keeps us up or not, you know, if we go down under him, are they going to bomb him out and get somebody else in again? Because then the whole thing starts over again. We just need someone to come in and do at least a season and a half and give someone a bit of time. You look at, I know we, we go back to this and it's slightly different because he was obviously so well known at the club, but when Chris Powell started, you know, we dropped out of the playoffs in League One and it would have been easy after that half a season to say, you know what, it's not worked out. But he was given time, he was given that summer and look at the difference he made and when more, he had his first More importantly, season. he was given, uh, not necessarily massive financial no. backing, but he was given a bit of clout to be able to go out and make his shrewd exactly. signings. And... Off the back of a, of a sale and obviously what I don't think at time of recording has actually been announced has it yet so we don't know yeah. what's happening with him but if what goes and it is for the figure that's being reported in some places why not if we're not going to use it in January which from the looks of things we're kind of done for January save that money and invest it in the summer and let's build a squad that we can work with next season because the way I see it at the moment without any signings now this season's pretty much a write-off anyway yeah I mean that, that, that was going to be my next question I mean what 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 does Jose have to do I mean can, with the, with this squad can he achieve you know safety or does does do we have to have to have to go wisely into the into the transfer market when i say wisely i don't mean you know we, we've we've seen some dross signs in the last couple of years it would have to be better players yeah i mean well, firstly we need to get um obviously all the players that are out injured back up and fit which was going which will help obviously immensely but i still think the the thought of saying that we've finished in this transfer window is quite scary to because uh, we've signed Roger Johnson um, Reese is only on for 28 days, haven't we? We've only got him for 28 days or something. So that's one person going to go or whatever. So I still think we st- probably another two or three. Surely. Yeah, at least. Surely. At least. 
Especially if Watt goes as well, then that's another striker down. So I'm pretty sure I saw someone on Twitter saying he's gone medical today or something. It was two million or something. That's a lot mm. of money, isn't it? Yeah, I'd heard I'd heard the two million uh, quoted a, a few times. I think when Cardiff Press were talking about it, they were talking about one million when it when it first came out. Mm. Uh, but I, I've heard two million quoted from, from from decent sources, so I expect that to be the amount that actually, he's actually going to go for. Yeah. Um, Interesting, really, when you, when you think about Tony Watt, since we're talking about him, obviously he had the falling out, uh, potential falling out while he was here with, with Carol Fry. Do you think now that it's a change of, of gaffer, do you think that, that could be a, a chance, that could have been a chance for him to be redeemed almost? Yeah, I think it could have been. But as I say, from, from what we're reading everywhere, it sounds like the decision's pretty much made, which is, which is a shame because on his day, he's probably our most effective attacking player. And, you know, we've seen what he can do in terms of changing games and. Yes, there might have been some issues with his attitude, but you know he's a young player and you need a strong manager in there to turn it around. So if he does go, which as I say, it looks like he will, it's a shame that we haven't done more to keep him. But um, yeah, we're going to have to make do with, with the people we've got. And like I say, if we do get that money, if, if we're looking to stay up this season and survive, we're going to need to invest it in the next couple of weeks and get some people in. Um, and as I say, if not, then it's important that that money's used in the summer to rebuild and, and start afresh, really. Yeah, obviously, uh, coming back to, to Jose, uh, we've seen uh, over the last couple of months protests outside the ground at the ownership, uh, some of it aimed at the manager as well. Do you think this signing will appease protesters? Do you think it perhaps split the fan base again into protesters and non-protesters? Because they seem pretty united over the last couple of weeks. I mean, we, if, if we do it based on the sort of emails we get on a Sunday evening, I'd say when, when the protests first started against Sheffield Wednesday, there was a few naysayers, but those, I think they, they, they were silenced to one. By the, uh, the the last what, last week, we had one email that was uh, not not for protesting against it. And now, do you think this Jose Riga appointment will set we sort of split the fan base again? Do you think some people will feel appear, uh, you know, appeased? Um, I think um, I think the fans will probably be a, obviously a lot happier that he's here instead of Carroll. But that's only because of the sort of rapport we built from last time. But I think the overall, it's like I um, <clears throat> I don't know. On Sunday was with the uh, I said after yesterday's drubbing at Huddersfield, would you be happy for? A, a Riga, uh, for Riga to return, and um, it was only 25% combined saying yes, 100, 100% Riga, or yes, only until May, but 64% saying no, experience is needed. So I think people will be happier that he is here, but I don't think it's going to st- hinder the protests against the actual um, board itself. But um, yeah, I'm sort of in that camp, you know, I, it's he's best of a bad bunch, like I said earlier, but I don't think it's going to. It, it doesn't show any change in policy whatsoever, no. does it? And I tweeted no. this. I tweeted this last week. It said um, when when the rumours. And we'll talk about the timeline of, of this week in, in a few moments. When when the rumours first surfaced, it was either on Saturday evening or on Sunday. I can't remember um, that, that Jose was coming back. Richard Corley in the South London Press uh, had a story on it on his website, and he, he said uh, Charlton set to a point, and then it seemed to fall through. Uh, but what I said, you know, I said on Twitter, this is no, this is not a change of policy at all. This is. As Tom's already said, it's one of, it's one of Roland's boys, isn't it? I think what it will do, Riga himself has obviously bought himself some time in terms of inside the ground during the match for those 90 minutes. He's got a good rapport with a fair amount of fans, and I think that will count towards him. How long for? It depends on how results go. But uh, the issue with the protesters is, is not really... Uh, well, part of it is to do with who was in charge, but a lot of it's down to things far beyond that anyway. So... I can't see it having an effect in that aspect because, like you say, the policies and the structure and the regime and, and their sort of strategy for the club 
the Riga appointment fits with all of that. So I can't see their their attitude changing at all. Do you think we're um, doomed? Do you, do you think that Jose is going to be able to keep us up? I don't know. I think maybe with a couple of signings we stand a slight chance, but that would be fortunate. But um, no, after the last couple of games in particular, I can't see a way back at the moment. No, yeah. no, yeah, I, I agree with Tom completely. I, this, um, we're going to need a lot. I think we're going to need every, so we're going to need all of our players back. You know, like Cashy, or Eagle. You're going to need them back fit and fully, fully raring to go for us to stand any chance. Or unless we get some sort of amazing transfer kitty for this uh, window but I mean with the squad that we've got you know I know they're trying their hardest but I just don't think we're good enough to stay up at the moment I think confidence is just too low yeah. at the moment like you look at even the players that we thought we could then turn to and the players who you know have been at the club a long time and the club means something to them they're, even they're struggling to, mm. to change games I think confidence is just so low and that's that's the real job for Riga whereas last time it was winning the fans over mm. he's really got to try and turn those players around and Carroll wasn't able to do it and I'm not sure that Riga's going to be able to. And the difference, sorry, just the difference with, I think, now and the first time with Riga is Riga came in when we had a massive backlog of games. And then when once we won that Four first game... Four or five game, games in hand, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, so once we won that first game, we had a Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and we had that momentum and we just built on that momentum. Whereas yeah. now we've, we're sort of back to sort of like a Saturday... Tuesday and then a Saturday and then another Saturday so I think it's going to be hard for him to build that momentum up. Like International before. breaks start yeah. again in March don't they as well which isn't going to help. Yeah so I think we sort of just like you know the little things with um, like the Watford game and all the other games that we played we just built that on momentum and I'm, I hope it happens of course we all do but yeah. I'm not too confident. Alright you're listening to Channel Live the big match preview we'll be back in a couple of minutes and we're going to sort of talk about the, the timeline of what's happened over the last few days. So am I still for this world to stop hating Can't find a good reason Can't find hope to believe in Great right, home run Can he get across into the middle? He can This comes to the post Yeah! That's good Come on! Oh! With a goal yeah! in the 96th minute Charlton Live so Welcome back to Charlton Live Big match preview We will at some point towards the end Actually look ahead to uh, uh, Saturday's game up uh, up a hole, but it's been it's been a crazy crazy week uh, in SE7. Uh, we're we're at the Valley now, and um, well, I mean we uh, we were away from home on, on Saturday at Colchester in the FA Cup, and a you know a limp, a lifeless performance against the statistically the worst team in the country, you know, and we we made them like Barcelona, and then after that, um, you know, the fans were calling for for Fry to go, the fans were calling some of them perhaps for the owners to go as well. But you think. You know, in, in the short term, you, you just wondered if, if, if Fry's position was untenable uh, and he was indeed asked that question. They didn't quite understand it, but um, yeah. uh, fair enough. It's not his English, isn't his first language. We didn't really know what untenable mm. meant, but um, he, found, well, he found out on Tuesday, didn't he? But um, the, uh, yeah, the, uh, the fans... And then, uh, as, as uh, reported by former news shopper journalist Paul Green and uh, from the tunnel, uh, and, uh, I mean, we were, all, we were there, we all saw it. There was um, a meeting between uh, Katrine and Roland and, and Carol... Um, and you know, I understand that he was told that what was going on simply wasn't acceptable. Um, and then we, so we were fully expecting. I was, I was sort of hanging around in the press room waiting for Katrine to come out and say I've just pulled a trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously I would have stayed to try and to try and do some sort of reporting on it. Um, but it didn't happen. Uh, but then we say I think it, it must have been Sunday when when Rich uh, said that Jose was being lined up. And don't forget that Carol, Carol was still in his job at this point, so he's been completely undermined. Uh, that, that he knows that we're lining up a, a, a real manager, uh, well, and um, 
So then we're fully, we're all expecting on on Monday. We're thinking right, Jose's on the way. Um, Tuesday. Uh, now there was rumours circulating before the game that uh, this was clearly Carol, Carol's last game. Everyone knew it was Carol's last game. But there was there was rumours circulating, and, I, and we picked this up somehow from uh, the the local radio up there via BBC London. I heard that. Um, we weren't going to be going for Jose Riga. I'd heard that he'd, uh, well, that he wasn't going to be coming, and instead we were going to go for the Ujpest manager. Obviously, Ujpest, the Hungarian team in our little lovely network of friends. <laughs> um, uh, their manager Nabosia Vignovic. Vignovic. How do you say it? Good effort. That's a guess, by the I've way. Never yeah, Nabosia <laughs> Vignovic. Vignovic. Uh, he was uh, he was on the he was on the way. This is what everyone was saying. It, it reported widely. It was reported by. Um, uh, South London Press news shopper is reported by Greenwich.co.uk, uh, and then um, so that's what we were fully. I was fully expecting, uh, completely expecting. We were on the way home on Wednesday, and we were. I was completely expecting that at some point that manager would be announced. Now, what would have happened, guys, if we had announced him? Anger. I mean, I've I've never heard of the guy. I didn't even know he was the Ujpest manager. I just saw the name and I thought, oh, for, you know, and it was just. Um, it's it just the, like you, you touched on it earlier that the actual policy and the whole the debacle of the whole recruitment policy is just crazy. Um, it would have it would have been exactly the same sort of manager coming in yeah, once again. Exactly, and I'd love to know how it never sort of came to fruition. Well, um, a, to we'll, we'll come to that in a few minutes, but I mean, Tom, if if uh, Nabozhna Vignovic had come in, what would you have, what would you personally have felt? I just when I was reading the rumours, I just couldn't believe it. It just to me, we've kind of we've we've put up with with this this strategy that they've got in terms of running the club and how they want to do it for a long time now. Uh, and Carroll, like we say, he was just out of his depth. He wasn't a, a bad bloke. He was just, a, you know, he wasn't good enough at this level. Uh, and then to see effectively the same sort of level coming back in to replace him, that that just felt like the final straw for me. Uh, and you saw on Twitter, as soon as the rumours came out, it hadn't even had to be announced, but as soon as rumours came out, people were really, really angry. And um, yeah, clearly there's something that's happened that's that's made them realise that perhaps that's just a step too far. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is, I suppose, that technically Riga isn't that much different from, from some of those. It's just that he's been here before. and That's, that, the, that's the only semblance of difference. Yeah, really. that might be saving him a little bit. But yeah, to... To see this bloke that I'd just never even heard of before, the chance of him coming in and managing the football club was was a concern because at the end of the day, the only reason I'd be concerned about it is because I want Charlton to stay up and I want him to do well. And my feeling would be that that's not going to happen under the, under that manager. Yeah. So we um, I, uh, I I got home on sort of Thursday afternoon. I was just sitting there waiting for the you know the poo to hit the fan and such, and then um, uh, sort of looking at Twitter, and then all of a sudden you're seeing Richard Corley tweeting. Uh, and then the news shopper tweeting, and then uh, Moose from Talksport tweeting about forty-eight hours later. Oh, that, <laughs> that, was <funny. laughs> that, that was this was morning. Yeah, that was this morning. He, oh. he, he caught up with the actions. Um, <laughs> that Vignic has been uh, has been is now is now no longer coming. And I mean, from from something going on from what was a nailed-on certainty, nailed on something's clicked. And uh, voice of the Valley, Rick Everett, he um, suggested, and I can I could I could I could believe this that there was pressure being put on Roland not to make this decision from around the club because I think they I think the players knew that would that would be completely toxic I think Katrine knew that would be completely toxic I think I mean I, I heard that even Carol suggested to Katrine don't do it 
Mm. Oh, you've tried it with me. It didn't work. Don't do it. Don't make the same mistake again. Even Carol said that. You know, and, and whatever you say about Carol, I think that's big of him to have done that. Definitely, and, uh, yeah, exactly. If you're still listening, Carol, um, you know, fair play for that. Um, so, uh, Roland clearly likes his bloke. He likes his boys. He likes to make his own decisions. But if you're if you're looking at what Voice of the Valley have been, and we're gonna we're gonna go through uh, Rick's piece because it's a really good piece that he put out this afternoon. In a bit, if you're looking at that and, and believing that, then tell you what, it, he's not completely unfallible, is he, Roland? To me, it comes back to the fact that as an owner, he's very distant and. Catrian can fill him in on, on everything. She can fill him in on the protests. He can see the footage, but it's so different to actually being here, being around the club at day-to-day, feeling it, knowing the league. We said, it may have been this Sunday show or one of the previous shows, I said, Roland, he doesn't sit in that director's box. He doesn't see what the football's like. He sees it on a screen. It's very, very different to, to actually being here and watching it live. And, you know, he's come out and through Richard Murray has said, look, we've underestimated this league. And to come out and say that and then almost make the same mistake again was, like I say, was just a step too far. And, and hopefully whoever it is that's made the decision, hopefully that's something that they're now going to stick with and realise. And we'll have to see through the rest of this transfer window and in the summer and what happens with Riga. But, you know, if little things like that can start to turn the club around quite easily. And he could could be a successful owner at this club I, whether some of the protesting fans are ever going to come around to that I don't know but in terms of what the club could achieve under him there's not you know there's subtle differences he can make to make a big difference yeah but I, I think it's been proven time and time again that he's not going to make those yeah he's not, and I, he's not and I make those changes and I think um, you know people people talk about Carroll's position becoming untenable I think you know other fans you know don't forget we're a neutral yeah. show other fans have suggested this about other people yeah, in the club as well, in, and that includes and the I'm owner in, and the CEO. I'm in no way trying to defend him and stick up for him in any particular way. I'm just saying that, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is if he'd have maybe made these sort of decisions a year ago or 18 months ago, who knows what would have happened. But as it is, like you say, I think it's just gone so far now that, that there's fans out there that just aren't prepared to change until until he's out of the club. So, yeah, so I got so we got home, uh, found out that it wasn't happening with uh, Nabosh Vignovic. Uh, he wasn't coming, so that was on uh, yesterday, sort of afternoon, evening, uh, and then and then it's finally officially announced that Carol has been sacked. Because I think we're in a position where, from my understanding, is Carol Carol pretty much knew that after after the game the game finished, he knew that was it. Um, uh, and then you were in a weird position where we're waiting for the the club to announce. And I think the the, the plan was that um, that they'll, they'll do both both at the same time. But I think because. Uh, they, they they managed to stop this uh, this Hungarian or Serbian Hungarian manager coming in. They then were in a position where they just had to sack someone who's never been given a job. Which is uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think if that's ever actually happened where a caretaker has been sacked without being replaced straight away. Yeah, no, I can't really uh, recall. Um, to be honest, I can't really recall any sort of situation that we're in. To be honest, even <laughs> with um, even at Leeds, it's not they have managers, but it's just see us. It's just like you have an interim one, and then he gets sacked, and then you know it's, they say uh, you know Vim and Jason going to be in charge for Saturday, and then Jose's appointed. We don't know if he's going to be there Saturday or if he's coming back Monday, or I don't know. It's it's still all up in the air, and it's just yeah. Because I don't think the um the release actually mentioned whether he was actually going to be. Did it? Did it no, say? I, I read remember. somewhere that he wasn't going to be. Yeah, when I read that, I, I certainly read that from week. Rich. I can't remember if mm. uh, if the the club's official announcement said that, but I don't think so. Because the club's the only official announcement I remember from them was that Vim and Jason would be taking the game Saturday. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't. I haven't seen them write anything to the contrary yet. So I guess that hasn't changed, even though Jose's come in. Then yeah, that would appear to yeah. be the case. The whole thing's just it's just a bit of a mess, isn't it? Really, because you've got people leaking stuff left, right, and centre. Some of it's true, some of it's not. It's not like a normal managerial sacking where one person will go and you'll hear rumours about who's coming in. But like you say, because he's never technically been a permanent manager in the first place, so yeah, it's all been all been a bit a bit difficult, and people following different sources and stuff. But from the looks of things, now we've got a permanent manager in place, and uh, that's a start, I guess. Yeah, and so yeah, and it was announced sort of this afternoon. I can't remember what time roughly, uh, or it might have even been this I think morning. It was this morning, yeah. yeah. Uh, announced, and then we uh, we had a quote from from Roland who. Uh, <laughs> Uh, must have been sitting by his phone waiting to give this quote on the day that, that Jose um, uh, <laughs> Jose uh, came in. Uh, and, uh, yeah, very unusual to, to hear from Jose. Um, and he said that, he's, uh, from, from Roland, sorry, he said, he said, this has been a disappointing season for everyone connected with Charlton and the board take responsibility for that. Some things, like an unprecedented number of injuries, we could have not foreseen. But we also made errors in recruitment, mistakes, which we have immediately tried to address in January. So, does that sound like he thinks he's already finished addressing that? I don't know, but you can, you, yeah, of course, no one can ever predict the injuries, but you can always build a squad that makes you cope the injuries a lot better, um, first and foremost. So, yeah, we, I don't think anyone's blaming the board for the injuries. It's just the way that their recruitment policy is that they haven't been able to deal with it. If you only have 13, maybe 14 decent players, and then you rely on all of our youth people to come in, it's not exactly a recruitment policy. He said that they've learnt from their mistakes. But from that, what you just said, the last bit, it does seem like they feel like they've addressed the situation now because they've got Roger, Rojo for 18 months and, you know, Reese, you know, probably a decent player. We've got him for 28 days and that's it. So, and Poye. Oh, and Poye. Yeah, and Poye. Yeah, you know, yeah, so, not that I'm defending it. but No, yeah. but it's, it's, still, it's still, I mean, it's, I've just seen that they've said that uh, Jordan and Eagle could be playing on Saturday or in the squad on Saturday, but... It's still not enough. It's still not enough, and it's just going to take a massive turnaround. For I just, I would love to know what Roland's actually. Do you know what I mean? Just what he's actually thinking, and how, if how he actually sees it is actually working at the moment. Do you know what I mean? It's just the whole thing is just. I, just I don't see what he thinks. Oh, this is going well. It's bizarre, isn't it? Because we, here we are. We're a football podcast about chart. We should be talking about the club and the the players and the games and we're having to talk spend most of our you know both Thursday and Sunday shows talking about stuff off the field it's mm. just that sums up the state that the club appears to be in at the moment it's like really. an agony aunt show isn't it yeah. it's just yeah. like all like the like depressing stuff like I remember was it, when was the last time we actually come in everyone was about a bit I, I think it was Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday Sheffield Wednesday yeah that's just because we won the game my first yeah. one yeah. do you know what I mean it was just every ever since then it's just like oh there we go again. Same stuff, same... Do you know what I mean? Same old rubbish. Right, it looked like we turned the corner at the Sheffield Wednesday game. So just as we all na- naively thought because we've won a game. Right, um, uh, we'll be back in a, in a couple of minutes here on Channel Life. We want to talk about um, uh, Rick Everett's piece in the Voice of Valley mm. today.
Charlton Live. So welcome back to the Big Match Preview here, Charlton Live podcast. Uh, looking ahead to the whole defeat in, a, in a, I'm joking, yeah, the whole game in a few game in a few minutes time. Um, today, uh, Rick Everett, the Voice of the Valley uh, uh, editor, who we've had, um, we had. A- Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On the show a few weeks ago as a part of our trying to get the uh, the balance right to make sure we interview both pro and and you know against um, uh, fans and I think I think Rick might describe himself as slightly against the uh, the ownership at the moment. Um, he um, he's uh, uh, released a piece on his Voice of the Valley website earlier. Now I, I don't know who Rick's source is, but he he has a good source because he knows everything at this club. Uh, he, he told he told I, when I went to speak to him. He, he told me something that had been said about me that I, I'd, I'd heard and literally not told anyone apart from my own dad. And he told me, "Oh, here I hear this." I was like, "How on earth have you heard that?" But um, uh, his his piece today is interesting, and it it talks. It, it, there's a, a couple of points about the end of um, the, the fry reign, and um, he talk, he talks about a meeting uh, between um, uh, Carol uh, Carol Fry. Uh, the CEO, Katrin Mary, uh, the non-executive chairman, Richard Murray, and two senior players, at which point um, Katrin asked the two senior players, right in front of Carol, um, is Carol is Carol the right person to, to good enough you know, to continue in the, in the job? And can you imagine being asked that in front of the person you're talking about? I mean, <laughs> it's bad enough finding out retrospectively that they read and, and um, listen to everything you produce. But imagine actually being there at the time and having to say it to his face. I mean, how could you even give an honest answer? Um, I think I think even no matter even if um, the two senior players were whoever they were, I think we, everyone could probably have a stab at a guess who. Um, even if they didn't like Carroll, didn't agree with his methods, they're not just going to sit there and just not just go, oh no, yeah, he's crap. Yeah, so you know, it shouldn't you, be the way it's done, should it? Yeah, you should be. Oh yeah, you should sack him. You know, they're never going to say that. So it's not really as a, as a CEO. It's not really a professional sort of way of dealing with it. Yeah, it's, really? it's, it's, an, it's yeah, it's an, you, can, you can see that. You can see that perhaps uh, that Carol might feel he's been slightly mismanaged mm. there. Um, and you know, they, they, these things. Are, I, th- I do think it's important that these things are, are talked about as a fan base because you know we want to have you know certain morals as, as a club ourselves. And I, I do think that's important for for that to have uh, have come up. So yeah, that that's that's um, that, that wasn't really ideal, was it? No, not ideal at all. And, <coughs> and like you say, we're we're a club that for a long time were you know, looked up to in a lot of ways and, and that's not the way to deal with, with people and you imagine in like a an office based job being called in with a meeting with your manager to ask if your manager's really up to the job. Like like you say, how are you supposed to answer that fairly? And if if they say something and then they've got to go back into work with Fry the next day and he is still there, how do they react with each other? So yeah, very, very odd decision. 
And then Rick, uh, of course, goes on to, to talk about the fact that um, uh, we, he talks about, as, as we mentioned earlier, the uh, the U-turn with with the the, the signing of uh, the new the new uh, manager, who uh, Nabosha Vingvich, whose uh, name is getting progressively different every time uh, I try and say it. Um, he, he talks about the U-turn there. So obviously, like I say, Rick, Rick clearly knows someone, and 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 he he seems to know what's going on there. Um, yeah, so interesting. But his view on Riga is that he's got a much bigger job to do this time than last time. He doesn't have Powell's team. He doesn't have Powell's coaching staff. He doesn't have four or five games in hand. No, exactly. And then he's he's coming into a squad which is detrimented by injuries, like we've always said. And, you know, people let their low on confidence. Um, I think the last time he came in, yeah, we were in we were in the bottom three of you, weren't we? Yeah, but, yeah. There was, I don't think there was a, a resignation of sort of that. Oh, that's it, we're going down. Because we that's, had that, those games yeah. in hand. We, we had a team, as Rick rightly points out, we had a team that, that had yeah. enough, maybe not quality, but togetherness and, and yeah. fight to get through to the, the quarterfinals of the FA Cup that season as well. A very, very different atmosphere to what he's got now. And I think uh, the fans there, they were obviously distressed that, that Powell had gone and Jan had gone and Stevens had gone. and But that's very different here. It's It's very hostile and it's very angry now and it's. It's a very different atmosphere. It's a different set of players. Like you say, there are injuries to some of the key players, but confidence now is going to be far, far lower than it was when he came in last time. And like like we've touched on earlier, we, he hasn't got the benefit of those games in hand that he had last time. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be really tough for him. I did. I've, do you remember the game at what? Was it the home game where we, which literally was mathematically safe? Yeah, against and, we, and yeah. we had that, and there was that picture of all, yeah. all of them together. Like yeah. all, everyone looked delighted. I can now, I can I can't even picture a thing like that now with all those players. You did, you just wonder I about just can't. I just the, can't the squad yeah. the squad togetherness mm. is something that you need to question. I mean I I, I mean we haven't even mentioned it and we, and we have to really because um, we're going to come onto the Huddersfield game in a, in a sec. We're going to briefly gloss over that. But obviously after the, the it was a debacle. Mm. It, was, it was an absolute joke. The performance and mm. um, Johnny Jackson came out and uh, he, he said he was going to repay uh, the reimburse the fans. He went up there and the squad are going to do this as, as a. A gesture, and that's, that, that's when you know you hit rock bottom when it gets to that. But I, I sort of said after, so I, I think Johnny Jackson knows how important it is, and th- and this is proper leadership. This is this is someone who's got his head screwed on and knows Charlton. This is um breaching that gap between the fans and the supporters, which is creaking ever wider. I mean, it started off as obviously it started off against the ownership and against the manager and the, the head coach, perhaps. But with with the performances that have followed from from the chaos from the chaos that has been caused by. You know the head coach. The, the The performance is getting worse. That's when the gap between the fans and the players is coming up. And I think Jackson knows that, and he knows how important that 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 bridge is between the the two sets. And that's that's why he's done this because he knows he needs to pull it back together. Yeah, I completely agree. I think um, it it worries me really because I just wonder where we'd be if we didn't have him. Like we're so lucky to have him, and like you said, he's pretty much the only one now that. I suppose you saw Henderson come out after the game and obviously saw what it meant to him as well and how devastated he was. Yeah. But Jackson's the last one of that kind of... And again, I, I don't want to sound too lovey towards Powell, but he's the last one of that Powell era that, that really brings that connection. And you think of what the relationship between the, the club and the, the fans were like you know, two or three years ago and, and all of the players seem like that. And like Naif says, that picture of all of the players together at the end of the season... You know, and Riga was in that photo as well, and they were all just so delighted to have stayed up and have something to build on. And you see them on the pitch now, and even when they're playing, you just don't see that same unity. At the yeah, moment. I mean, the, we we saw um during the Huddersfield game, there was there was one player who did something particularly stupid, and uh, Razor Kuchanajev. When we're, we're down in the doldrums, we need someone like Razor 
who you know hasn't has nowhere been consistent throughout his time at Charlton over, over the two spells. We need someone like him to be playing well. We don't need someone like him to be doing stupid things like getting sent off for two yellow cards mm. in, in the space of a minute. And you can see on the video, you can see Roger Johnson and Jacko so like saying, "What are you doing? What are you doing? Get your head screwed on." Mm. And then um, there was uh, also reports coming from from inside the tunnel from a Huddersfield Uni journalist or something, some kid who's somehow going to the tunnel, and that is. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to wander up and down outside the change rooms. But he said oh, we could hear arguing going on. And it's, I mean, the, you can you can almost imagine that there was the, the likes of Jackson Solly like saying, "Look, you know what you've done there is, is silly, Razor. You need you need to be playing for the team. You need mm. to be sensible and keep your head screwed on. You need to care about this club." Mm. And you can imagine that the likes of Jackson Solly and Henderson are going to be in there screaming at players to make sure that they've got their heart in the right place. Yeah, I mean, no matter if you're you're free, or, was it 4-0 or 3-0 at the time? It's 4, four at the time. 4-0, four, four you're getting absolutely bad away from home. Um, and then you go in, they weren't even, you know, they weren't even like uh, trips. They were just cowardly tackles when it was just like, Pointless in the middle of the pitch as well. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, I, can't, I don't want to be, a, I don't want the embarrassment. It was like, he was too embarrassed to be on the pitch. He just thought, well, like, I want to get like, off it, early. It's almost and, like he didn't care. Yeah, he was. And you know what? We, Rojo went up to him, you know, and, and I think any one of us would have done it because he was saying that now, because your lack of discipline, you've now sort of lumbered all of us in the up the paddle without a creek, and we've got to pick up the pieces now. Where you're having a nice hot bath, we've got to we've got to finish this game. Look at all the fans, go over to them and clap them after this performance, and you've just done a cowardly thing and just gone off the pitch. It was ah. Uh, when when he came back, when Reza come back, I was I actually thought he done he done all right the first few games, but I, like now, I, yeah, I, now he's just, he's angered me on yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've gone down now. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it certainly tested the, the patience of uh, of it, it seemed on the pitch players and, and and you know fans as well. Yeah. Um. Well, let's let's talk about the game. It was it was horrendous. We went up to um, uh, we went up to Huddersfield. We got there. We got there in plenty of time and. Went in and, and I must say hello to, to Matthias who I met outside. Uh, always emails the show and is a Sheffield-based Charlton fan, so it's nice to, to meet him finally. Uh, went in, got set up, and you know, the, the, as soon as the game started, we were they were all over us, Huddersfield. I mean, so the, as we were checking into our hotel, the Huddersfield Town Squad walked in right behind us. I was like, "What are they doing here?" And they they were saying they were having a meeting, their pre-game meeting in the hotel. And I walked along, I could just about see through the window and just see like the glow of a screen at the end. I was trying to see the tactics. But I mean, I, I tweeted a, like a fuzzy photo saying, "Can anyone see the tactics?" And loads of people just replied. Uh, all it said on that was just turn up, and that's all they had to do. And that is all they had to do. They they kept possession of us. We we I mean, we're here from Stephen Henson. I mean, that we did not touch the ball in the first half. Like they um the, the goals came from the states. We fell asleep at a corner, uh, and Hudson was unmarked. The second one, Henderson puts his hands up. He's he's made a mistake, which he has made throughout this season. But he's being honest. He's being honest. He's coming yeah. out and confronting. The fans and you know he gets a lot of respect from me for that. Oh, yeah, um, uh, the, the the third, fourth, and fifth goals. I mean, the third and fourth, they were both just shots from the edge of the area where the the the, the man was giving way too much space. Mm. You know, and this, I mean, it was it was just absolute schoolboy, uh, complete lack of organisation. And we talk about, you know, when, when when you look at perhaps a playing squad that's not quite there yet or, or nowhere near where it needs to be, then every, I mean, if we're stuck going into this period with what we've got, then it has to be better organised. Yeah. And that's the job of the head coach. And that's where, unfortunately, and I hate to say it, because I wanted him to do well, because he's a nice bloke, but he hasn't done well. That's where Carol Fry let us completely down. Yeah, I mean, the, the most embarrassing part of the night for me was probably um, listening to Sky Sports saying that Charlton have done well to keep it under double figures, which I don't think I've ever heard uh, that happened to us before, which was really embarrassing. And it got to a stage where 
everyone on Twitter sort of knew what was going to happen. So at half time, some Huddersfield fan has tweeted me or something like that, and I said, I said to him as a laugh, you know, oh, it'll be five nil. Yeah, and I look through my tweets, and I was I was honestly thought it'd be five nil. As soon as it was five nil, I said, "Oh, you put money on that," <laughs> but it didn't actually work. But I mean, yeah. yeah, it was it was quite humiliating. Even at work, I've got a Chelsea fan at work going, "Yeah, you lost five uh, nil yesterday, to, didn't you?" Yeah, who was it? Like Ipswich? That. No, no, Huddersfield Town. Yeah, I was like, who? Yeah, I was like, oh, not wow. Borough, not yeah. Burnley. Yeah. Huddersfield Town. No, no disrespect to him, but losing five nil. Oh, yeah, bad. Yeah, um, the, the the fifth goal just scrambling in the near post. We'll see that was not long after Razor had gone off, and that was the icing on the cake. The fans did the the, the fans. It was 164, I think he went up, and they, they all stayed till the end because you know if, if what else are you going to do? If, if you're the sort of fan who goes to Huddersfield, I dare say you're the sort of fan who stayed to the end. And fair play to every single one of them, and they they deserve so much more. I'm sure there would have been a fair few northern based ones in there, but the majority of those people would have driven up from South London. I mean, I know uh, Brian Cole, the guy who used to do the announcements here, he would have driven up from Portsmouth. I mean, imagine driving all that way and being, you know, served that rubbish. And as you say, that's why Jacko's kind of acknowledged it and said, look, it's not good enough. And uh, I often think when, when, because you see clubs do that occasionally and you think it sets a dangerous precedent. Because if we now go up to Hull... Players are going to be broke by the end of this season. (laughs) If if we go up to Hull and lose 4-0, or or, or worse, (laughs) but they're a higher up team, what happens then? So... I kind of see it from that point of view. But like you say, those fans, just so much credit should go to them to, to travel, particularly with the run we're on and the form we're on, to go up there and support the team. They just deserve so much credit for that, for sure. I have to admit, I'd, I'd, I'd guess what was going to happen next after after full-time. I think I think I, I think think deep down we all knew this was Carroll's last game. Yeah. And I think deep down, because his, his relationship with the press, and if you if you guys, um, if you're listening on Thursday, or it'll be tomorrow, if, you're, if it's Friday now, you listen, check out South London Press, uh, my piece I've written. I think I've explained uh, how Carol's relationship with not not just me personally, but with the press throughout has just deteriorated throughout the time he's been here. And I've explained why. But he he is not used to being scrutinised the way that you get scrutinised in English football, and he hated it. He hated every single minute of it. He he made the mistake of reading everything. He made the mistake of listening to everything, and he found out the hard way that when you're a in the English Championship, and you're about to get relegated, then you're going to be scrutinised. And he did not like it one bit. And yeah. we, we, oh, sorry, Nath, but yeah, we kind of when he came in, we picked up on the fact that you know he didn't have a huge amount of experience, and we looked at that from the coaching and and playing side of it. But like you say, as a manager in the Championship of the in the English, you know, English game, there's so much more that comes along with that as well. And I just like you say, he was out of his depth. I just don't think he was prepared for that kind of media storm that was yeah. going to come down on him, particularly and with things like the protests raising so much awareness yeah. of the club. And the, the, the thing, I mean, I, I hate it because, like I say, I mean, I, I met Carroll um, uh the youth cup game against Cray. Uh, Cray. We, yeah. We'd already, I mean, we'd already, I'd already interviewed him a couple of times, and uh, but I was sat next. So I, I, it was at Bromley when I was. Whenever I go to Bromley, I always sit in the press box because that's just where I go to sit. And I got there, sat next to Ollie, and then uh, Carroll was there, so I saw. I thought, well, this is a bit weird, because I, I had to ask him some difficult questions at Milton Keynes the night before. But we, we got chatting, and he was a really nice bloke. Like, And I've seen how he has deteriorated. Like, This job is just ruining. It's left, a, left him a shell of what, of what he wanted to do, because I think he, he's realised that he was out of his depth, and, and he's turned on everyone, and, and that, that's sad. Because I mean, well, also, I think that's what the, this club can do to you at this moment in time. Yeah, yeah I think, we, like you said, this, uh, like Tom's... Uh, yeah, Tom said it earlier about that he was out of his depth <clears throat> in tactically, and but like you said, in terms of uh, the expectations of the media, where his old club VW Ham or whatever they're called, they're not going to have. No one's going to be shoving 
questions down his throat. I think it was like an average 600 crowd. Yeah, so. exactly. You're not going to have a, a group of journalists. You're probably going to have one bloke with a, with a notepad. You know what I mean? You're not going to have that amount of expectation and just that constant question about being the interim manager. And like you said, he did sort of... He sort of... Well, he just lost it, I think, in the end. And he, yeah. he just got very defensive, yeah. which made it more... He, he, he took it. He took it incredibly personally. Yeah, exactly. That's what he, yeah. he saw. He, he saw any. He saw articles I wrote as a personal attack. Yeah, no, um, and was. and that that should not be in the case. I mean, uh, and you know, <laughs> I, I worried that perhaps I was being, you know, I, obviously I'm a fan, but I was right. I, I write as well, but I I, was, I I did wonder maybe I'm being too harsh. Cause I'm trying to fan. But you look around. I'm not the only one. You know, no. you, look, mm. you look at the other papers as well. But once the nationals picked up on it, they they understood the situation as well. And you know, I'm I'm afraid that's just how how it is. So obviously. Carol turnaround wasn't doing the press, and we were hoping to get Jason, but uh, I understand that Carol uh, asked Jason not to do it either. Uh, so, um, I mean, the the club um, are supposed to send someone out. They have to send someone yeah. out. And eventually, it was going to be. I think Jackson put himself forward, as did Henderson. Uh, but uh, I, I'm not. I'm not an impatient guy. I was just going to wait around. But the the press around me, there was one Sky Sports guy shouting, "Like, you got to get someone out here." Uh, so Henderson was the first one ready. Jackson did put himself forward, but Henderson was the first one ready. He came out and gave one of the most difficult interviews I've ever seen. And uh, it was Mark Taylor from BBC London who who led the interview. I've, I've popped up with a couple of questions at the end. Let's hear Henderson. I think th- this is a hugely important, hugely important interview because listen, listen to the tone of Stephen Henderson's voice and obviously accept the apology as well. I'm joined by Stephen Henderson. Stephen, we're grateful to you for talking after this match. We hear that Carol Fry has got straight onto the coach. You're providing the post-match interview. Stephen, just sum up the mood in the changing room after that display. 5-0, and not for you, it would have been even worse. Um, I I don't know where to start, really. Um, As you could imagine, the lads are, are lower than I think they could ever be in their careers right now. Um, I feel numb. I know a few players haven't aren't able to speak after the game. It's it's just it's a position I've not been before, and yeah, that, that's all I can say on the matter right now. After Saturday's FA Cup defeat, the last thing you needed as a team was to come here and get trounced five nil. Yeah, of course, and um, let's be honest, it could have been more Colchester as well. Um, I mean, one nil. We got. I take responsibility for the second goal. If I don't come for that and we go in at one nil, we have a better chance of coming out. Um, two set pieces again, not good enough. I'm sure they had 70% possession first half. We couldn't get near them. And yeah, that's that. That was that was it really. First half, second half. Um. They just, they were confident, they were home, their fans were behind them and they just, you could see they played with confidence and we gave them another three goals, simple as. It was almost like a game of attack and defence, wasn't it, really? And it's very fair of you to claim responsibility for the second goal. You tried to flick the ball away, it was unfortunate where it landed, they responded and made it 2-0. Let's be honest, though, from your point of view, standing in the penalty area, there was very little going the other way. There was very little in the way of cohesion, in the way of attacking play. The addicts rarely threatened as an attacking force and that must have been so disappointing for the travelling fans to witness. 
Yeah, um, I don't think we had our first shot till the 92nd minute. Mm. And it's not good enough, is it? No, it's not good enough. It's embarrassing, really. Um, publicly, I'd like to apologise to our travelling fans. Um, I know they won't think I mean it, but the real fans will know that I, I genuinely want to apologise for that shocking performance tonight. You say it was a shocking performance. How can things change in your opinion? <coughs> in terms of the dressing room, in terms of what the players think? Does there have to be a change now? A drastic change made? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, oh, good question. I, I don't I don't know what to say to that because I'm in a position now where I'm not too sure what's going on. I need to get on the coach to see what's happening. I'm st it's still a bit like I'm, I'm numb at the minute because I just I just can't believe we're getting done like that at Huddersfield. No disrespect to Huddersfield, but we can't be losing five 0 to Huddersfield. We just can't. It's the first Charlton game I've seen this season, and it, it's very <coughs> easy with just a brief snapshot to draw all the wrong conclusions. It did look to me as though you are a team very short of confidence. Yeah, we are. Um, and there's been a lot of changes, personnel changes. We haven't really had a... In fairness, that was our strongest 11 we had out tonight in, in the squad. We had everyone back fit. We've no excuses at all. Jordan Cousins wasn't... Today, Sorry, obviously. Jordan Cousins, who's a massive player for us. He's, he's hopefully back for Saturday, but... Other than that, we had a very strong, what I feel, a strong squad going into the, tonight's game. and We didn't touch the ball first half. We, we ran about, we tried, but they were just far superior in the night. Stephen, do the players still think they can stay up? Yeah, three points off. We should be really, our performances we, we weren't to be far off, it, but we're still only three points away from it. Um. I personally will be doing everything I can individually to be putting in performances to win this team points. It's not happening for me, but I'm not going to give up because the club means too much to me and I know there's lads in there which feel the same. So until that's gone, I won't give up. Did you, what do you think is... The, how can you explain this performance? Was, was there a lack of... Leadership, a lack of motivation today? Do you think the players weren't up for it or do you think it was just poor play? We, we were up for it. We, we've done everything normal. We trained well. We spoke before the game, constantly speaking about the game and it comes to it and then, as I said, the second one doesn't go in. It's a different game so I have to take responsibility because... It just flattens the team when we come in half-time, two down. If it's one down, it's a different game. Who's going to pick the players up for, for Saturday? Is this, do you think there's going to be quite important player power in, in terms of Johnny Jackson or yourself as you know, senior members of the squad? Yeah, I'll be picking them up. Um, as you said, you mentioned the players that will be picking them up. So I think they don't need picking up. They need to. We, we need to be going out there to, to change this because only we can change what's happening at the minute. Forget everything that's gone on upstairs. Uh, I feel it's an easy excuse at times. We're, we're the players on the pitch and we need to be doing better individually.
There's Stephen Henderson there coming out and, and you know taking some responsibility as himself and as players. And uh, you know he said he said what's going on upstairs. And I think this is the mm. first we've heard a player even allude to anything like that. He said he said it's been used as an excuse and they can't use it as as a playing staff. And I think um, you know he talks about the players have to go out and, and sort it out themselves. And obviously in, in the climate of, of what we what we saw reported about players arguing and stuff then you wonder if uh, you know he's, he's, he has these messages not only to himself but to the squad like as a senior player him and Jacko senior players and Solly you know that that's him managing the squad player power and he, I talk about how how strong Johnny Jackson is I think Stephen Henson is a big voice in that change room as well yeah no and they um and uh, you know I respect him for because he came out and admitted um, that he done wrong for the uh, was it the se- yeah, second goal wasn't it Yeah, he, which, he completely hashed the corner, which he did. And you know I, I think like he alluded to there, we all know he's not been in the best of form recently. And um, but yeah, like you said, it was very interesting for him to come out and say uh, it's an easy excuse to use the stuff that's going on upstairs. So the players obviously are more than aware, and I, I think I agree with him because you're still there's still eleven footballers on the pitch, still playing eleven people that shouldn't really affect your performance so it's a good thing that, that he has said you know the players have taken responsibility for the performance which was which was good at least they're not naive and crazy as well but um, yeah no it was interesting for him to come out and say about the um, upstairs and he also has something about that he needs to get go back on the coach and find out what's going on or something along those lines I think lines. everyone, everyone, everyone yeah, knew that was, something was going to go down there yeah like. and it yeah it was just a bit strange that sort of thing but it was weird. Yeah, right. Let's uh, let's preview Saturday's game because we've been going nearly an hour. Which is uh, the last two weeks, our big match preview podcasts have been much longer than the, the normal forty-five minutes. It's because uh, well, it's all kicking off, isn't it? The <laughs> <laughs> uh, whole city—they um, are sitting second in the league. Uh, <laughs> we looked at this week coming. We all pinpointed the Huddersfield ones where we got a good result. We're losing five nil, mm. ten, twelve. What, what do you reckon? <laughs> Do we have to Ch- Charlton win? Yeah, it, that would be so Charlton. But obviously... Charlton win, come out of a to- two 0 win yeah. and look completely different. Yeah, imagine if Jose just turns out to be <laughs> God. Like um, uh, they've won the last couple, uh, last two games have been home games, cup and the league against Cardiff last night. They beat the beaten two 0 uh, beat Burnley three 0 beat Reading two one, beat Bolton one 0 These are their last home games. They haven't lost at home since November when they lost two 0 to Derby, a game that I watched and I got a feeling that. Um, if I remember rightly, Hull were quite unlucky in that game. <laughs> so it's it's such it's going to be such a difficult game, and so important to try and be a, a little bit more organised. At least, uh, performance at least has to improve. Yeah, I think um, we seem to be saying it every week with the state we're in that every game's a tough game at the moment. But in terms of the league, this is about as hard as it's going to get. Really, um, I think obviously we don't not sure whether Riga's actually going to be able to come in or not, but. Whatever, there's not going to be a huge amount of time to turn anything around in terms of the coaching and preparation for this game because I'd imagine a lot of it, certainly the theory behind it, would have been done ahead of Tuesday night. But, um, you know, new manager, maybe a little bounce. Obviously, we didn't really see that with Carroll, but I suppose we had Sheffield Wednesday and Birmingham, so we had a little brief spell. But, you know, it's a it's a chance to hit the reset button and try again. But, yeah, it's going to be, like I say, going to be one of the toughest games we're going to face. Outside chance that Jordan might come back from his injury is not not as bad as, as as they first thought. So, you know, positives. I think it's going to be a, a game too soon for Adamola Lookman, judging by uh, what I think Richard Corley reported earlier. But yeah, uh, let, let's have some predictions then, guys. Tom, I'm going two nil Charlton. <laughs> just because I don't want I don't want to predict I don't want to predict the loss. <laughs> right. Well, uh, with our uh, with our free scoring 
form, and they've uh, Hull have only conceded eighteen goals all year. Um, so I reckon two of them against us, though. Yeah. <laughs> although, although we did get to play eight minutes longer than most people That's do. True. Right, okay. I'm, I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for a one all. And that's being generous. That's <laughs> being very generous. You guys are blinded by your loyalty <laughs> I we to the club. To losses. Uh, yeah, that used to be the case. Okay, well, okay, we'll start. Again. Oh, then four <laughs> nil. We'll lose four yeah. nil. I'll say, I'll say, I'll say three one. But we'll Jacko penalty. Yeah, and you know that will send us home less unhappy. I'm going yeah. for a four nil defeat as well. Mm. Uh, hopefully, that won't be the case. Uh, <laughs> if you want to listen to that four nil defeat, make sure you sign up to CSC Player HD uh, for the biased commentary. I don't know. I have no idea who's doing it tomorrow. I'm on. Uh, the Beeb tomorrow. Uh, guys, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for joining us this evening. No worries, mate. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Uh, thanks for coming in, Tom. Cheers, Louis. I've been Louis Mendes. This has been the Big Match Preview on Channel Live. We'll be back on Sunday evening to rake over the coals of that 2-0 victory. <laughs> we'll see you on Sunday. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.